0: I'm yeah, we'll, same thing. But say whatever you want to say. Yeah, we'll, yeah. yeah we're um, okay. So these, we have to record the show We gotta <laughs> record the show, Yeah. Welcome to No Sick Days, a gaming podcast. I'm Chris. I'm John. And we are two self-employed gamers who have been having the same conversation about games for 28 years, and we decided to start a podcast about it.
1: And sometimes we have the same conversation twice in one evening because of technical difficulties with an app that fails to upload the first 25 minutes of the show.
0: Yeah, it's really great when that happens, when you're sick and your throat hurts and you just want to stop coughing, but then the Podcast software is like, hey, do it again. Yeah, the other do per- it, do yeah. it.
1: I'll <laughs> see the other person maybe two whiskeys and two beers deep because they've had a long week of work and have another early, super early two AM morning the next day, and I don't even know why I'm still talking. I'm so tired. Why are we doing <laughs> this? Oh
0: God. Okay, right. we're Let, gonna let's, re-
1: let's start. What do you want to start with? We're gonna fucking lightning round this because I don't feel like recording twenty five minutes. So here we go. Uh, Lineage <laughs> two intro music. Great. Um, all I have to say about that is. The Chris speech. inserts disdain. Chris inserts <laughs> disdain. John laughs. They insert <laughs> uh, comment about grinding, to be fair. The, Seriously, uh, stop
0: grinding in that so, game. So
1: to, be, to be fair, as soon as I hit the level cap at 180, you know, they released that patch, uh, bumped up to 260. The speed at which one levels after 180 decreases by an order of magnitude, and that is not an exaggeration. Yeah, you went from 10 levels a week to one level a week. Yep, that's an order of magnitude, not an exaggeration. Literally an order of magnitude. Right. Lineage 2, crossing out a second Time.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, I stopped playing the Technomancer and I stopped playing Dead Rising. Both of them kind of for the same reason, yep. which is wasting my time. Technomancer did it a lot worse, and likely I'm still angry about it, so I can still have that same anger from yeah, yeah. the last recording of this thing. <laughs> so it did two things. One uh, was just how much walking there is to do in the game. Mm-hmm. I, at one point, recorded 40 minutes of me playing on my stopwatch. That's of right. those 40 minutes, 21 minutes was spent walking. The other 19 minutes was interacting with the game, either in combat or talking, or doing something that was actually gameplay. Walking, not really gameplay. Fuck you if you think it's gameplay. It's it's not. So so to be fair, uh, slightly more than half of the game was spent. Slightly more than half the game was spent, and this was doing side quests, to be fair. I didn't integrate it with the main quest, but a large portion of the game, if you want to enjoy it and get into it, is these side missions. And then on top of that... When you loot bodies, you've got to do everything (laughs) one by one. You forgot. You forgot. It doesn't have auto-looting. It doesn't have quick-looting. It has manual-as-hell looting. I am mad about this all over again.
1: So, it's 2018. I'm going to give you the abbreviated version. This game was made made in
0: 2016, so not that far from today.
1: This is is the abbreviated version of the the PSA we put out earlier. To game developers, auto-loot.
0: Period. (laughs) All your games. Period. Fuck off. Just (laughs) add... Auto loot. No one wants to. So, <laughs> so somehow the designers yeah. for Technomancer decided it would be enjoyable to loot every single body of which hey. you usually kill five per battle, and usually have tons of battles in the game. Got to run around, pick each bodies. Like, yeah. yeah,
1: it's not 1998 anymore. We can you have, have technology. Yeah. You have the technology. We all get it. We all get loot systems.
0: Okay, <laughs> loot your bodies. All right, what else you got? Yeah. So Technomancer. Oh. I stopped playing. But Dead Rising you all stopped playing. I did. And and yeah, but I just do want to go back. Technomancer. Oh, okay. It's kind of funny how this happened because it was like basically right after we recorded the segment about wasting time, yeah. the one before Dreamhack that and we you talked
1: were, about. You were enjoying Technomancer. And I was
0: actually I just picked it up. I was enjoying it because of the combat, but I was still just doing the basics of the game, getting into it, uh and kind of experiencing the world. I didn't realize that A it would be wasting my time this much and B that the writing would actually kind of fall by the wayside, ended up being pretty mediocre quality, very, there's a lot of variance, sometimes it was okay, sometimes it was poorly written, and whether that was a translation error, or actually bad writing to begin with at the base level, Mm it doesn't really matter, because it comes out at the same level to me, which is, what are you talking about, you're not making a coherent thought to get me engaged in the story. I Uh, think you mentioned that the first time around. Well, they recorded that.
1: I, hey, it's new information for me, at least. Yeah,
0: Either way, same case in point <laughs> that I stopped playing it for the reason. Dead Rising is a better made game, but I did stop playing it for a similar reason. Mm-hmm. Of You are in this mall, and you have a very small amount of area that you walk between. And there's a lot of walking because there's a lot of people to rescue in the game. Yep. There's these timed moments where you have to get to somebody in time or they die and so you have to go from point a to point b back to point a because you need to bring them back to the rescue facility Mm -hmm. and i found that very repetitive and taxing especially since every enemy in the game except for the bosses but the vast majority of the enemies are zombies the same zombies over and over and so killing them in different ways was fun for a few hours I played the game for three hours before getting bored of it but at some point, it just got a little bit too repetitive for me. Did you There's, get the lawnmower? Uh, yeah, the lawnmower was pretty fun. That's fun. That was that was a fun one. I had I I got through a lot of weapons, had a lot of fun for those, but at some point, found myself just saying, "Why am I doing this? I'm not really enjoying it." And I started rescuing people that I don't really have any interest in because you're rescuing people who you don't know, right? There's no real story element to most of the people. There's usually little side quips, mm-hmm. but they don't really engage you at any point. Right.
1: And on this point, we, we disagreed a little bit, uh, because I, I do actually, I thought some of the, the side stories were pretty funny, pretty bizarre, pretty weird, um, enjoyable to play. I also stopped playing it. The only reason I started playing in the first place is because my wife Erin is a huge fan of horror, a connoisseur of horror, if you will. Absolutely. And uh, she doesn't play video games, and I was like, hey, here's a video game we can play. She's into it. I'm like, fuck it. Let's do it. I'm going to play a video game with Erin. It's going to be great. Um, The problem is I also hate the zombie genre so much, Uh, not because it's bad, but because it makes me anxious and scared. And I'm just going to put it out there. I'm sorry. That's what it is. I don't like it for that reason. Uh A little
0: too tense. Two Tents is a word we're gonna use later in the podcast a lot. That's right. We're gonna use that so many times. Maybe so should, many times.
1: Maybe we should always record the intro part after the oh, part yeah. two. And Who three. knows? Maybe it'll be a new thing. Maybe a new thing. Uh, you know, sometimes the best discoveries are happy accidents. Jesus, happy accidents. Fucking Bob Rossing this thing. Bob Ross. All right. So look. Anyways, I Most stopped forever. playing it because when you know, in contrast to Chris, when he saw a mission somewhere else in the mall and he's thinking to himself, "Oh God, I gotta walk back through all these areas that have already been through," my thought was, "Oh God, I gotta walk." Back through all the <laughs> zombies, but I don't
0: want to walk through again because they're fucking scary. We're here at the same statement. The inflections are a little different.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Aaron and I both stopped playing the game. Also, she just stopped playing it because she again doesn't play video games. Um,
0: I still feel validated. There's three of us who have not finished the game. Yeah, for various yeah, reasons. Although uh, 0 for three
1: seemed like a great game.
0: Uh, I will say one thing that I really liked about it and what initially drew me to it was the fact that the game has a 72-hour window to beat the game. Uh, so there's 72 hours in-game, and in those, you have these missions that come up. They're all time-sensitive. The yeah. main story is also time-sensitive, uh, and that adds again, that adds a lot of tension. very, very cool component. It's a very cool component. It's very unique, but they ended up actually reducing it in Future Dead Risings because people didn't like it, but that was the literally only thing that drew me to the series. Yeah. So the fact that this game couldn't do it for me and it had this thing I really liked means I'm not going to play any future Dead Risings because they took out the one thing that really made it appealing. Yeah. Uh, I, at this point, I don't really see a reason of going back and trying it out or trying similar things unless they add some sort of quick uh, travel feature, I think would have been nice, it, it, even if it moved the clock forward. They had a little bit of that, but it wasn't enough for you to be happy. Right. There was yeah. these maintenance doors that you yeah. could go through, uh, but it just wasn't quite the same. I mean, there was still a lot of backtracking, and those unlocked kind of future down the road, uh, at a rate that I didn't find acceptable. Okay. Uh, One other thing? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm like, I'm powering through this. I also, I just want to know, so those two games got knocked off my backlog. I also knocked off another five games, I'm not going to even mention, because I played them for a total of two hours, they weren't even really worth it, so I'm like seven games off of my backlog in the past two weeks. All five games in two hours? Uh, Two hours per game. uh, No, all five games. I played about two to to three hours, somewhere in that range. Still a good 10 hour investment. So, between, no, like two to three hours, I spent two to three hours on those five games. Oh, okay. So, 30 minutes per game. Oh, wow. Yeah. On average. Some games more, some games less. But I quickly realized those games, you're just not making the cut. You're <laughs> done. It's done. I just hit the delete button. It was gone. It felt pretty satisfying. You've probably already spent more time talking about it than you'd want to. Oh no! I felt. I, just, no, I felt. I felt good. Okay, it's just like uh, cathartic. So that backlog is a little smaller now. Absolutely, it's under, under ten games.
1: My, my backlog, on the other hand, has gotten uh, much larger. Thank you, E3, which we're going to talk about next week. Yeah, pretty excited about that. It'll be a cool lightning round we're going to do. Yeah, basically, Chris and I are going to pick up every game that was announced at E3. Do a lightning. Well, not pick them up. We don't have. By that I mean put. <laughs> the names on a list and read them to each other. We're going to do a lightning round of our immediate reactions, and each of us are going to get three stops so we get to talk about a specific game that we want to dig into a little bit more. It uh, should be fun.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So I think you're going to kind of close this out with Blood Bowl craziness yeah. and your work life, getting uh, in the way of fun life. Yeah. So there's a reason we are recording Wednesday
1: night as opposed to earlier in the week. Um, even as we're recording, I'm staring at my phone, seeing messages and chat, Slack, Slack messages, Facebook messages, in, you know, text messages pouring in from who knows what. I don't, I don't even, it's, I do fucking care what it is. I'll look at it. and find a out soon enough. Find out soon enough. Hopefully it's mostly good news. But, um, just out of crazy, you know, owning your business, uh, it's when you're on your boss, it's great sometimes. Cause like Chris, just take a weekend off. No problem. Go travel or, uh. Um, you know, take a day off, take an afternoon off, take, some, take a morning off to go record a podcast. The flip side of that is sometimes you get slammed with work and you find yourself working all day Saturday, sleeping for a minute on Sunday, you know, start, starting 8 a.m. Monday morning, working into the evening, uh, waking up Tuesday working, driving to Houston, driving back super late at night, waking up Wednesday early in the morning, working all day long, recording a podcast at night, because that's when you can fit it in, uh, and then prepping to drive back to Houston at 2 in the morning the next day, back from Houston to Austin later that night, waking up again the next morning and rocking it all over again, and Saturday's PWR, so you know I'm working another 12 hours that day. So just you know, some days, you know, some weeks, some weeks it's like 30, 20 hours, you can take it slow, Some weeks you're working the entire time. (laughs) Just work, work, work. That's just how it is. Like the uh, peons from Warcraft. Work, work, work. work. Fortunately, I'm at a brewery, so at the end of the day, it could be worse. Um, But that has caused my Blood Bowl game also to be delayed tonight. It's supposed to be two nights ago. The commissioner actually text-messaged me earlier
0: saying, Hey, man, when are you going to play Devin? Yeah, when are you going to play that... It's 7.30 right now, as we're oh, speaking.
1: Yeah, it's about an hour and a half game. I already told Erin when I get home I have to play a Blood Bowl game and go to bed. And she seemed weirdly okay with that, so I'm suspicious of the whole situation. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, we'll see I'll how just, that plays just out. Just
0: believe Yeah, in, in, uh, in the goodness of the wife. But, you know, kindness.
1: so to talk about Blood Bowl for a moment, as a reminder, Blood Bowl is the essentially um, uh, Warhammer Fantasy World tabletop game mixed with American football so think mutant league, a little more strategy, uh, and that's in the Warhammer fantasy universe. And my team is chaos. And the cool thing about chaos is they may be a little weak up front, but as the team ex- you know gains experience and progresses, they become a brutal killing machine. Um, I actually tied my last game, uh, and I'm really sad that I didn't get my final touchdown to win the game. That's because none of my players could pick up pick up a football. But what they could do was constantly murder the players in the other team which i did very well they which is almost, a strategy that is absolutely a strategy and so the commissioner was also saying tonight that the team i'm going up against might be a little squishy they just had a couple of their first injuries and he's very excited to see my team i think he's me watching it while we play um hopefully murder his entire
0: team let's see though there's a spectator mode You're yeah surprise he so, gets used frequently because turn-based games typically aren't watch friendly
1: yeah so what what they do is uh Typically, we found out is that um, the two people playing a match will, will be on one voice chat over PlayStation Network, and then other people in the league will be watching the game on their own voice chat, just talking shit and hanging out. And the reason why we do separate chats is we really don't want to hear what they're saying. and uh, they just don't want to get psyched out.
0: A little distracting?
1: Yeah, plus like the commissioner is the guy who really knows the game, and we don't want him to be like giving strategies and tips and hints to yeah. people while playing. Although, he does sometimes send text messages like, hey, you should really do this. Or really go after that guy. And I'm like, hey, thanks, man. I'm just hoping that he's doing the same for the other player. I'm assuming he does. Uh, He seems pretty fair about these things. Unless
0: you're brand new and the other person's super veteran, in which case I could see adding a little help to the new player. There's
1: really only one other veteran in the game. Everybody else is is brand new. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Now we're (laughs) going to get into
0: uh, (laughs) something we already talked about. Yeah, but game overs, fail states, and basically the punishing nature of death
1: yeah, we shouldn't actually we, sh- we should gloss over it because even though we just spent an hour talking about it in the podcast world, the timing of this episode, this is fresh. We didn't even mention it earlier in the episode. Right. So, yeah, we are about to spend the next two segments uh, breaking down all the different ways that games can punish you for dying. We've broken them into categories. Um and really we're looking at the cost of dying and the mechanics, and some of them are antiquated, some of them are relatively new, some of them fit really well, some of them uh, are awful, and we hate them. Uh, we've ranked them from the least least punishing to the most brutal, the Absolutely. most hardcore, one might.
0: And we also talk about how different game design decisions get integrated with these types of uh, game overs and death systems, and things that developers have to be cognizant of to make a good game to work with certain systems.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So no? it should be fun, because we had fun with it. So. Yeah, we already
1: did it, so we know it's... We, we believe. Top-notch, man.
0: Top-shelf. Absolutely. great A. All right, get ready for the next segment. Oh, podcasting. <laughs> What's happening? I don't know. All right,
1: that's it. We're done. I'm going home. Uh, but check out the rest of the episode here in
0: Good start. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, the cost of dying. Cost of dying. In games. In games specifically, not in the real world. Yeah, it's not that morbid. Jeez. So we're going to kind of start us off with the easiest to digest uh, deaths in games and kind of go to the most punishing. am mm-hmm. well, might say the most Hardcore, The most hardcore. <laughs> it would take an Iron Man to withstand them. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for this. So first on the list is uh, not losing at all. Yeah, no dying. No death at all. You can't die. You can't
1: get stuck. You, If you get stuck, it's your own fault because you can't figure out, say, a puzzle. Yep.
0: These are puzzle which, games. Which is really the only genre that comes to mind when you have this situation where there's actually no dying because there's no combat in these games. Right. You solve the puzzle, or you don't. They they can be really frustrating. I mean, just as frustrating as some of the games that are lower on the list, or, you know, they are more hardcore. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, you don't ever lose progress. Once you solve the puzzle, or get a little further into solving the puzzle, you don't regress at any point. So, like, The Mist, uh, The Witness, are two examples. The Box, is that a... App game, or maybe I've played zone. that. Yeah, okay, something like that. It's just a puzzle
1: game. Yeah, you you poke at your you know phone screen until something happens, mm. and hopefully
0: something else happens. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Witness is actually on my top fifty list. Is it really? Yeah, it's pretty close to fifty, but it is on my top fifty. It's uh, one of maybe two puzzle games on there. What's the other one? Uh, I don't know if it's on my top fifty. It might have been pushed out, but Braid was on there for a little while. Oh, that's the one that had that uh, time reversal. Yeah, there's time mechanic. manipulation. That was and, cool. Yeah, it was a really neat game. Uh, the music was really good in it, too. So, that. So these games, you don't die. I think uh, they work really well in all the instances that these games are put into. Yeah. It like, wouldn't make any sense whatsoever to ever have you die in The Witness. So right. You didn't solve this puzzle. You have to go back and resolve all the puzzles. Or, you or missed. Or, or missed. missed. Yeah. No, no reason. Yeah. You're like, oh, you didn't solve this puzzle in time. Guess what? You're dead. You're dead. Start from the beginning. <laughs> Solve all the puzzles all over again. No,
1: it's it's. I, I want. It's tempting to sit here and say, "Oh, it's such a boring thing
0: to to have in your game," but it's just not part of. It's not the point. Right, and I think uh, there's times when maybe you could work it in in a way that would be weird or wouldn't make sense. You know, if you had like dark souls and you, you didn't die and you just kept killing things, mm-hmm. it would be kind of silly. <laughs> Right, because you'd eventually just win. You're like, what's the point? All I'm doing is hitting a button. Yeah. Right, so uh, it, it makes sense for the games that it makes oh, sense for. I we'll think, get to Dark Souls. Right, we'll get to Dark Souls and kind of talk about the merits. But I think this one is pretty cut and dry. Okay, and I don't think we should spend any more time on it. No, we won't talk about it anymore. All right, good. Not, <laughs> not talking about it. Off Cross it out. Off We're not talking about... I'm going to break this pen. Nice.
1: All right, it's off the list. Let's talk about the next. There's actually the next two. I, I drew an error between two and three because, honestly, depending on the situation, they're, they're kind of um, interchangeable, I think. I agree. So the next two we have are at number two easiest. We have infinite continues. And then right after that, we have the quick save, quick load mechanic. Let's talk about infinite continues at first. Right. So my my fondest memory with this one uh Myself, and then Jeff, an old, the other like super old friend of ours who we've been talking about video games with forever, uh, him and I were at his house, and he had a copy of um, Rampage. <laughs> it all, it was, it's a mechanic you saw a lot more in older video games. Because uh, right. they just didn't... It was The like,
0: Lies continue system is typically an older mechanic.
1: Yeah, infinite continues. So we would just... Every time we die, we just hit continue. Didn't matter. And we eventually beat the game. Because that's just, the inevitable conclusion. Yeah. Because <laughs> <is> you win. Because <laughs> we're never going to run out of lives. Um, Yeah, it's an older mechanic you don't really see that often anymore, I don't think.
0: Games have gotten a little bit deeper to the point where they need to integrate new game over slash save systems for them to work better. Uh, When you had old games, you were kind of just grinding your way through levels almost. And I don't mean grinding in the crappy way of like Lineage 2 grinding. I mean just kind of pushing through this is hard or some level of difficulty and you just keep you know banging it out until you finally win well like in fighting games for instance a lot of fighting
1: games you lose your match it just says continue yes or no you hit yes and then it's just the same match again and there it's like the dying isn't really it's not dying is not even really dying you just lost the match and it's saying do you want to try again
0: yeah, usually you lose twenty minutes of time, and really you're not even losing time technically. You usually gain some sort of skill yeah. or knowledge over the encounters so that you do get a little bit further next time until you get to the point where you actually do beat it. Yeah. So I think that this is makes it slightly less punishing than the quick save, quick load. For that reason, of there's usually a bigger in these games uh, like a skill component, a player skill component mm-hmm. of I need to perform better. I either need to like. uh, have my reflexes in a situation of counter a move or understand what attack is coming in and adjust my strategy that way but typically involves some sort of uh, player reflexes or agility. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then quick save, quick load. Oh yes, quick save, quick load.
1: Let me cross out this one. Yeah, we might come back to it. Uh, Crossing it (laughs) out. Okay. (laughs) Fine. Alright, so quick save, quick load. Yeah, I mean... With this one, the first thing that comes to mind, are, actually, as we we're talking about this, quick save, quick load is the reaction to that game mechanic, I think, is what created the hardest one we have on our list. And we'll get to that. We'll get to it. But the quick save, quick load functionality is, let's say you're going into a battle or you're about to enter a room, you don't know what's in there. You know, It's a lot of, typically, like, you know, RPGs, for instance, and you hit, like, F5 <coughs> It does an immediate quick save. You go into the room. Something explodes. Now you know there's a trap there. You hit F7. Load quick loads back to the game you just quick saved at. Right. So what was the point of that trap? Right. Right. And you know, going into battles, for instance, like Baldur's Gate—not a Baldur's Gate podcast. Uh, Baldur's Gate. You know, it, it's based on the D and D system, which is based on dice rolls. And so, if you don't like your rolls, just quick load and like quick save. Go into the battle. The Bad rolls. Quick. We'll just do a quick reload. Uh, go back to the same battle, maybe you'll get better rolls. And so that can take some element of... Well, actually, it takes a huge element of danger out of the
0: game. Almost all of it. Yeah. Like, what's really the point if you are inevitably going to win because you're just going to quick load until you eventually get the right rolls or you just avoid a trap you could have seen if you had been a little bit better prepared, for instance? Yeah. Uh, these games, I think... Uh, You know, like Skyrim, the Bethesda games, also have a big instance of quick save, quick I mean, when I've played those games, it's every five minutes or so, just in the habit of quick saving and kind of going on, just in case a giant dragon pops out of the sky and eats me. Or the game glitches and you die. Yeah, that's actually probably a bigger danger (laughs) in the game, (laughs) especially when you've modded it as much as everyone does.
1: Yeah, so there's, you know, you quick save against, hedging against the game glitches.
0: Uh, uh, Yeah, and so... The infinite continues, you kind of have, like I said, more player skill, I feel like, than you do in the quick save, quick load games. Those typically are, okay, I saw this danger, I'm not really gonna learn from it, other than the very obvious of don't walk this direction, or maybe I'll not attack this guy who clearly destroyed me the one time I attacked him, I'll mm-hmm. go or take a different direction. It's it's pretty clear what you should do. It's not taking a lot of brain-burning strategy sessions to to change your opinion on what your tactics should be, mm-hmm. and I I think that makes it in in some ways a little uh, a little harsher. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. But still, that was
1: an older, also an older mechanic, which I don't see as much of. I would say no. It's
0: still very pronounced. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean. I guess Skyrim is old, but it uses <laughs> it. But, big but big yeah. like all CRPGs have it. Pillars of Eternity 2 that just came out has a quick save mechanic. Quick save mechanic. Uh, Divinity Original Sin two came out last year. There's a quick save mechanic. All these well, typically RPGs have quick save mechanics, especially the Western RPGs. Okay. Uh, and in them, I think it does create a, a problem of eliminating a lot of danger in the games. Uh, but, well, I think that's a problem. I think it's a problem for me and my enjoyment of those. For a lot of people, they want to be able to experience and see everything. So the death and the dying and it may be having a long-lasting effect it actually ends up being a pretty big negative. And so the quick save, quick load is probably a feature that's more popular mm-hmm. that works better for getting to experience everything. Uh, for instance, kind of going back to... The players of these games typically want to see everything in the game. Uh, One of the CRPGs that I really enjoyed, and it's kind of the new trend of games that have come out, is Tyranny. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tyranny, it's an isometric RPG, you play as a very important person in this bad guy's empire who's taken over the world you're one of his generals <laughs> and you're sent to enforce this edict and this edict is basically going to destroy everything unless you solve some problem and say so you have some amount of in-game time to solve it it's a, a week or whatever to solve it if you don't do that stuff in the week the game is done you've lost over um, people hated it. Even <laughs> though the mechanic was trivial. It was very... You had so much time. There was an absolutely no issue of you really running into this. Unless you just lollygagged practically on purpose. Yeah. But none, despite that, people absolutely hated it. Because it had that potential for... Oh, I'm not going to be able to do every single quest now. Because I've got a timer.
1: I can't... See, I have a hard time understanding how people could get that upset over something like that. Because you know what you're getting into. I mean, you know... Like, that's. What am I trying to say here? Well, I think I said it. You know what you're getting into. You're going into this knowing that I have a limited amount of time to beat this game. Which means it's set for replayability. If I really want to experience the whole thing, I have to go back through it again. Right. And, I think that's cool. And, and and so the completionist, yeah, it's not you're not going to complete the game completely in the first pass-through. That's not what it's about. But
0: completionists typically want to complete the game once and be done with it. And move on. And never play it again or play it again maybe 30 years down the line for some weird reason. But typically, it's uh, those players want to do everything in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. Or they don't want to feel restricted or have... That tension that typically arises from that, a lot of people really want to avoid tension in games. Yeah. That's why, you know, Dark Souls does. I'm going to keep bringing it up because I love Dark Souls. <laughs> it's not even at the bottom. Right, of we're, we're still, yeah, it's not even there. But Dark Souls does tension very well, right? And yeah. some would say too well to the nice. point that a lot of people don't like the genre because that's it's way, it's, way too tense. That's why I stopped playing it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's and it's totally fair and totally valid. And so the the quick save, quick load takes a lot of that tension out of those games and let you just sort of relax right i mean i would say typically bethesda games are a pretty relaxing experience yeah i would say most crpgs are a pretty relaxing experience uh balder's gate a little different especially to play with tactics mods because the Battles can be pretty damn hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got mine modded up so that basically every fourth battle I need to rest because I need every single spell at my disposal to win. Oh wow! Uh, and that's that's how hard that's that's how I get around being able to basically rest anywhere in the game is just make every battle impossible. Good. Not a Baldur's <laughs> Gate but you know, you know, sort of. <laughs> so, so quick save, quick load is is interesting. I don't think it's ever really going to go away, but I prefer a system where. It saves its specific junctions of the game mm-hmm. uh, and maybe like randomizes some content because it is boring to go back an hour and just replay the same content. I think that's terrible. Right. And and that's like one of the reasons I brought up uh, when I quit Metro 2033 is I would go through beat a section, get to the next section, but then I, had, I would die and have to go back through the same content again. Yeah. I didn't find that interesting. And so... Although Dark Souls? But Dark Souls is... And we'll get to Dark Souls. Not a Dark future. Souls podcast. <laughs> but Dark Souls. Not, but, but not a Dark Souls podcast. <laughs> uh, the quick save, quick load. I, I think you have to build your... If you don't want that in the game, if you want to do something different, you have to design the whole game around it. Uh, and it probably is going to involve a lot more tension Yeah. Uh, if you do that. Okay. Um, I actually added something to our list
1: while we were talking. Okay. What'd There's you add? one we missed. Um, it's not as important. Um, but it's after quick save, quick lead? Uh, right. Actually, no. I think it's going to be. A bit, I think we should have put this one a little earlier up in the list. Okay. Respawn. Um, this really only applies to first-person shooters, typically. But, however, there's uh, games like Borderlands, which have this like first-person shooter slash mm, okay. RPT element mixed. Sure. And in those games, when you die, the world persists, but you just respawn.
0: You don't lose anything. I mean, maybe... Uh, you, you, know, you drop some gold on your corpse? Actually, something. no, I, like,
1: typically you don't even lose anything. You just die and you respawn. So you just have to go back to... Yeah, like Borderlands has the, ins- the quote-unquote insurance policy where they, like, scan your body and all your equipment, and if you die, it just recreates it or something like that, which, you know, we're not here to poke holes in plots, but right. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's Right,
0: so it's sort of – it's almost sort of a subset of infinite continues. I would say it's a subset of infinite continues.
1: It's that the difference here is that the world continues and persists. and right. It doesn't just
0: reset back to where you were. Yeah, before they continue, it's actually everything that you've done is still there. Yeah, it, it's you're all, right. It's actually like an easier version of Infinite Continues. Yeah,
1: it's all, it's all we're worth talking about because it really it's another one of those like the games that have respawn. Death isn't the only purpose. Death really serves is somebody to get a point, and then you're back in it to try to get more points. Like like a, right. You know, any, any, well, any like death
0: a, is almost irrelevant. I actually, death is irrelevant in those games, well, other than, unless bosses respawn their life. Well, unless you're playing like a competitive multiplayer <laughs> FPS, sure. In which case, and, we, and we've kind of limited this to just talking about really single player, since yeah. multiplayer kind of gets it a little bit murky. Yeah, so uh, I just didn't want to leave out. No, that. I think that is actually interesting, and it it brings back and reinforces what we're talking about in quick save and quick load, is that it takes a lot of tension out of those games. Borderlands is not a tense game. Nope. It's a pure kill stuff, get better loot, kill stuff, get better loot, right? It's the classic Diablo mentality of just... Fight this You're always sponge. getting better. Fight this spongier bullet sponge. Fight this even spongier bullet sponge. And, and everything comes down to either making builds that you find are interesting or just usually accruing higher numbers. Yeah, That's really what those come down to. Um, and so those... I, th- I think, largely, what we've talked about so far have been very relaxing experiences. Yeah. Uh, the puzzle, you could argue, can be pretty frustrating at times, because if you don't solve the puzzle, you might not ever solve the puzzle. But honestly, you can always just look up a guide online and figure it out. So once you get to that point, you can always move on in these games and progress. Well, that was kind of the cool thing about Myst, though, because at that time, you couldn't
1: really look up things online.
0: That was pretty neat. And actually, probably is why I didn't finish the game. (laughs) It's because I'm sure I got somewhere along that I couldn't solve a puzzle. Yeah.
1: Well, Uh, that brings us to what I think of a if we're going to be transitioning from relaxing deaths to a little bit a little bit more stress, but still some roguelikes is so what we're getting to. Roguelikes,
0: yeah. So, and you know, and roguelikes and roguelites are sort of in the same. And I think the difference between them is roguelites. You have the actual legacy component and well,
1: roguelikes. I yeah, want to give me like the summary of what a roguelike yeah, is.
0: Yeah, so roguelites are, uh, and I might be crisscrossing these roguelites, you have games like Rogue Legacy where you die... Mm -hmm. And you then get some points to spend on increasing your permanent abilities for your character. The metagame. Yeah, you have a metagame component to it. Roguelikes are games like FTL where you unlock new stuff, but it doesn't inherently make you better. Uh, So you might get a new ship, but that new ship isn't better. It's just a different experience. And, And roguelikes don't even necessarily need to give you unlocks for future games. They're just... Give you the point of you start somewhere completely fresh and you go till you either beat the game or you die. And typically you die. Yeah. So, so FTL is the best example of that. You kind of just start from square one every time you get a completely randomized adventure. Uh, and it's very similar to something like Rogue, you know, Classic Rogue or Net Hack, except that typically the modern versions take two to three hours to finish a game and not a dozen hours gotcha. to finish a game. Okay, uh, It's just a, a lot easier to digest. And then the Rogue Light is where you have, every time you,
1: it, it's like, it's going to keep, the game's going to kill you pretty quick, but you're going to get some sort of bonus where you can spend on a skill to get a little better, so you get a little further the next right. time. You're, you're not expected to win the first time. Yeah, it's it's like, it's going to keep killing you, so you keep getting so you keep getting points to grow your character to get a little further in the game. With the idea of eventually
0: beating the game, I suppose? Yeah, and and typically you get to a point in those games where you're going to be able to win because you've just gotten so powerful. Not always. That's not always the case. Something like Rogue Legacy is what I just brought up. You have... I mean, there's a lot of player skill involved, Mm -hmm. and you might not get far enough along in your meta progression that your player skill... to overcome your lack of player skill. But uh, the game does get to the point where... It gets a lot easier once you've died a hundred times. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, you, yeah. Obviously, you've gotten better at the game, but you've also accrued new abilities and upped your damage and upped your armor. Yeah. and you can, you know, for the most part, eventually kind of grind it all out. Well, there was that one game we played at DreamHack.
1: The what was it? The the one that was disorienting. Remember Cyber something? Oh, the, the Black. yeah, Black Future '88. Black Future '88. That's it. <laughs> Um, its meta progression was kind of interesting in that every time you, you you play through the game and you gain, I think it was money or something, you'd find these points where you could either buy, you, you would basically buy a curse, which would give you a meta component of like some benefit, but also some cost at the same time. And you keep going and then eventually you die, start the game over, but whatever you bought in that previous game sticks with your character. So your character slowly builds this, you know list of bonuses and negatives right
0: one one other way of doing it too is uh enter the dungeon uh and crypt of the necrodancer mm-hmm. two games that you don't actually unlock anything that makes your character better at the start of a new run that you're going through the dungeon but it actually drops better equipment while you're going through your run oh okay yeah. so that's kind of another way of keeping it fresh it still gets a big random component you still kind of have to Play, you know, pretty well to get through them. And those games are a little harder than something like Rogue Legacy where you're just always going to start better and better every time you die. So dying, you know, is baked into these games in a way that I think is really interesting. And they... They're all, you know, a fad to some extent. I don't want to say fad because I don't think it's a trend that's going to go away. But it's something that's very recent that's come on in the gaming world. Uh, a game that's coming out later this year that's in early access right now is called Dead Cells. And it kind of merges the roguelikes with Metroidvanias mm-hmm. uh, in a way that so far has been very well received. I'm kind of waiting to dive into it a little bit more until it gets fully released. I will say from where, from where I'm sitting, it, it does seem a little
1: fad-ish or trendy. It's trendy. Yeah, trendy is a better word than very, fad. Yeah, it's very trendy. Um Especially when we are at DreamHack, there were, I think, a couple booths that were like, yeah, it's a roguelike with blah, 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 blah. It's a roguelike with, you know, this and that. And this is a roguelike with, you know, like, all right, cool, man. It's a roguelike with, with that other thing you just described. Right. Point being is that I heard, I heard a couple of people say roguelike. Not saying it's bad. I'm not criticizing the, the mechanic or the genre just I I am noticing that it does it does seem trendy in the
0: indie world. I think one thing to your point is it's sort of easy to do, right? You you can say oh you died, but now you're going to get something every time, right? You totally. That's right. not just good by itself. That's hard work to balance correctly because every time you die in these games, you still want it to be a fair death. Yeah. You don't want to just feel like oh I just haven't played this game enough I die, right? Like that's kind of bullshit. If it's hard and it gets easier that's fine uh, but you also need to make sure that when you die and you're getting these upgrades that they're actually interesting and enjoyable just because you know if you die every time and you got 10 percent more damage that's not really interesting you, typically you need some sort of mechanics to actually change and so these games have a kind of stiff requirement that probably a lot of developers don't necessarily think about until they're getting further into development Mm -hmm. of I actually need to design a lot of interesting systems to make this game work because otherwise it's really like a four-hour game where you get little plinky upgrades here and there and then it's said and done with and it's then it's forgettable Uh, so I think there's a big mechanical onus to constantly make this 20 30 minute two-hour run interesting every time for you know 20 runs or whatever. Yeah. That's tricky. It is it is tricky. Uh but I think it's it's a it's a cool middle ground between uh tension and uh relaxation, right? You're like, "Oh, I died." I'm like, you know, you're worried about dying all the time, but when you die, you're like, "Eh, I get some shit out of it." And now I think we should take a break. So now we're going to take a break and then we'll get into like the really it's more th- tense, strenuous yeah, where well, there is no relaxing. The, yeah, it's just you're on edge all the it's time. It's just
1: tension in increasing amounts. Yeah, we're going to take a break. And we'll be back in just a minute.
0: All right, here to round out... Part three. ...the tensest ways of losing your life in a video game. Yep, well, now we're going to talk about the
1: next category Uh, which literally has its own category it's
0: called dark souls
1: (laughs) we are not we are not a dark souls podcast but
0: dark souls but yeah so i mean to be fair
1: we were like building the (laughs) chris is sick so that's that's everything everything he's got um so while we were building this list uh coming up with different kind of different game mechanics for deaths and dyings and fail states um Dark Souls literally has its own category. There's
0: not really anything like it. Nope, uh, except for you know Bloodborne and Demon Souls that We're are made by the same company. Same fucking game. Yes, <laughs> right? sorry. Dark uh, Souls. We
1: should say the From Software mechanic.
0: Yeah, and and there's other Souls-like games, uh, The Surge, Neo, I believe, have similar mechanics. Although so I haven't played them yet. But yeah, the main point is you you go along with your character. And you'll inevitably die. And you get punished. And any uh, you have souls on you, which was sort of like your experience and coins all wrapped into one. Yep. Anything that you have on you at the time, you drop. All gone. All it's all it's not gone yet. So you respawn back to your last respawn. There's little checkpoints called bonfires mm-hmm. in the game. You go back, and if you don't get back to your corpse, so you have to make it as far as you did last time before dying again. Yep. And if you don't, you lose everything that you just dropped. Yep which c- can be considerable uh, but yep uh, ty- ty- <laughs> typically in the game uh, I have a chip on my shoulder right uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's typically you're gonna lose about one level at at most one level's worth of stuff right if you had more than one level of souls, you probably just should have leveled up. Right, I don't know, know, man. I don't know if I agree with that. I I mean, sometimes why didn't you? Why did you have so many souls on you? That's on you.
1: Sometimes you go through a boss and you you're feeling good, and then you get killed (laughs) by a rat, and then you try to get back to your body, and then something jumps out of nowhere and kills you, and you lose all that stuff, and then you throw your controller on the ground and say, "Fuck this game, I'm never playing it again," (laughs) and and then you. You find yourself, and then you you come back for some abuse. Yeah, talk about it at a podcast. Talk about, <laughs> about it in a podcast. Well, so there's, I, so I that that specific scenario did not actually happen to me. To be fair, however, right there were you didn't throw. Oh, you mean the
0: rats? And you? you threw your controller, right? I've actually no, I don't I'm not throw my controller. Oh, I have thrown my controller. For I thrown my headset. Yeah, I oh, thrown no a shit. controller and headset. Oh wow! Uh, I probably have done it four, five, six, probably no more than half a dozen times in the series. I would say. I I just.
1: I hit a point where I'm like, "Fuck this! This isn't fun. I'm done."
0: And then I turned off. and oh, but it's so gratifying when you finally overcome whatever bullshit you were dying to. Except then you're immediately faced with something else that's just worse, and yeah. so it never gets any better. Yeah, but it's like it's like chasing the high. Except when you initially chase the high from a drug, right? If you it's harder and harder to get back to that same level. Dark Souls, it's easier and easier because the things get so much harder that when you go after another boss, like oh my god, this is even harder than the last thing I beat. I'm on another high. I'm on cloud. You know, I've gone from cloud nine to cloud ten. It's great. I don't know. We did not oh. have the same experience playing <laughs> Dark Souls. So, oh it's, yeah, it's, so Dark Souls well, is it, it's
1: punishing. So <laughs> Dark Souls, when you die it punishes you for fucking
0: up. But there's, so there's two components to it, right? So one that we talked about is you lose coins slash experience called souls. The second is you lost your progress of all the enemies that you killed. Yeah, you lose so progress. So which to you is more aggravating um,
1: or punishing? Which is more punishing?
0: Yeah, what do you feel is more punishing? The...
1: Actually, I don't know. That's a good question.
0: Because... I think it's a, it's a scenario, this is a
1: scenario that I stress about when it comes to Dark Souls. It's, I'm going to go adventure into a new area. It's been a while since I've, since I've uh, saved my progress, but I've somehow managed to like claw my way through this whole new area, survive some pretty gnarly stuff, which I'm not sure how I did, but somehow right. I managed, and I'm further into this level, and then something gets me. And I go all the way back to the spawn point, and I'm just like, shit, I don't even know if I can get back to my body, and I'm going to lose everything. And I have to fight through that entire thing again, and I'm probably going to lose all the progress—not only all the progress of going, you know, my previous run—but you know, I'm, I'm not even going to make it through again. And so that's, which some people love, I get it. But for me, I was just like, oh, or here's here's the other. So that's that's scenario one. So it's not it's not as simple as saying that I, it's about fighting the enemies again or losing my experience. It's, it's this combination. The other one is that I'm somewhere and I'm just trying to get to some other place in the game. And I brought some few podcasts ago, and you, you know, wisely just said, uh, "Get better, or get, good. <laughs> get good, get good." Yeah. But unfortunately, if you're not good yet, um, getting to you know, you're just trying to get somewhere else, and like you're fighting, you're fighting a boss. The boss kills you. You're like, dang! But I think I know how to <sighs> beat it, and I'm doing well. And then on your way back to that boss, some like punk nothing jumps out of nowhere, it takes you out by accident. And you lose all that progress, and you're just like, seriously? I had a, f- I had a, f- I got to lose all that and fight all my way back to that boss to maybe beat it again. So it sounds
0: like really the answer is it's the compound of both of them. It's a compound.
1: Yeah, it's what I'll stop, makes it so punishing?
0: I'll stop bitching.
1: It's the compounding effect of both of those items. Things.
0: Right. I think that's pretty fair. I think that's really what separates that from you know something with limited lives or limited continues or whatever, and something with. Uh, You know, being able to just lose experience on death, like, I don't know, you know, we're not talking about online games, but like old MMORPGs used to make you lose a lot of experience on on death. And so it's just like a pure sort of time component to it. So you've lost some time, right? But you've also lost progress. That's it too. Because if
1: if I lost the time, let's say I just lost the experience but didn't have to fight my way back through everything again. Right. That's different. Or if I kept my experience and I had to fight through everything again, that's different. But when you put those two things together, you get a punishing
0: right. and uh, I think, fail state. And I think it needs both of them yeah. to, to like really do it. The other aspect of it, though, that I enjoy uh, but makes it hard on the developers, I think you have to be really tight with your combat to make this system work uh, in a way that you don't have to with other systems. So... Uh, for instance, you know, quick load, quick saving, right? If you fight some bullshit in Skyrim, you just quick load it and you go and do whatever bullshit you need to. So if things are designed poorly, it doesn't really affect your experience as much. Mm-hmm. It's just whatever. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you trying to say about Skyrim? It's not nearly as well designed of a combat system as Dark Souls. Yeah, so that's fair. <laughs> so, and that's not that's not what it's going for. I anyway. just that's, shot dragons out of the sky and
1: then punched them. And yeah, that's yeah. great.
0: No, no big deal. No big deal. Uh, Dark Souls, if you have that. Uh, it sucks. Like, to design a good Souls game or something like it, everything needs to be punishing but fair, right? And, and there are a few instances of Dark Souls that have been very shitty battle, poorly designed, and they stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, like, Bed of Chaos uh, is one example of sort of this, like, puzzly combat, but it just involves a lot of really annoying mechanics mm-hmm. that make it very unfair, Uh, Basically, I just have to memorize a couple stupid things to do, and it becomes easy, but it's not interesting in the moment. It's not interesting to learn it. Uh, So most of the series, though, is well-designed, and the death mechanic only works because the combat is so well done, Mm -hmm. because the layouts in these levels are so well done, that to try a Dark Souls uh, level of game over deaths, whatever, you also have to imperatively... Pair it with uh, good combat and fair combat. Sure. Because once you, and that's the
1: thing with Dark Souls, once you've spent the time to understand and master each enemy, uh, you can tear through the game.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's people that, there's a guy who's gone through Dark Souls 1 through 3 without dying. Like in order. In order. In one go. In one go. Yeah. 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 So, it's possible. I mean, it's a guy who's done... I mean, there's probably, what, 10 people in the world that can do that. It took him a couple tries. And it took him several tries, and he, who knows how much time he's put into that game. Can you imagine doing that and dying, like, in Dark Souls 3 somewhere? He's
1: <laughs> like, I gotta go back to Dark Souls One... Are you kidding me!
0: Uh, no, I, I don't want that. Well, if you love Dark Souls, I guess. You it's love cool. Dark Souls, or you've got a lot of people watching you, I guess, yeah, to make well, some money. And they're
1: not doing all the content, too. They're just like speed. It's a, kind of a speed run. It I is guess. sort of a
0: speed run. Yeah, they'll typically like, glitch their way through some stuff, but you still have to be really good at the game. Right. So, uh,
1: yeah. any more to say on that? No. Well, we are not a Dark Souls podcast. So let's cross that off the list. <laughs> Boom. And now we're going to talk about our third to most difficult death state. Mm hmm. Or, or expensive way of dying in a game, and we're going to talk about uh, surprisingly enough uh, RTSs strategy games. Yeah, and not just well, not just well, not really RTSs RTS, as much
0: as like forex um, games. Yeah, forex games uh, and grand strategy games. Yeah, so. and, and
1: here and here ultimately
0: the crux of
1: this, the reason why we both decided that this is a pretty punishing debt is, sure you've got saves and loads, and sure you can take all the time you need. Um, the problem—well, not the problem, but the, the brutality is um, in these games, once you start losing, that's it. You're done. It's a downward spiral. Yeah, and when you're dead, the game's over. When you're playing Civ- Civilization, you get you lose. That's it. There's no anything coming back. And, and here's the important part. Unless you're like obsessively saving every five years in that game and, c- and keeping all those save files separate— um, you can't really like reload back a certain point because at some point
0: your strategy fucked up, right? You you made mistakes in the yeah. first fifty turns, and it's compounded to this point. Yeah, and and also even if you could go back and fix the last thirty turns, because it's compounded sure you have less efficiencies from what you're gonna be able to do but it's also not interesting the interesting part of these games is playing through that whole experience and seeing how your strategy of 200 turns is panned out yeah not seeing how the last 30 turns is panned out 15 times
1: yeah and, and importantly too is if you if you were to go back and reload like a way older game the ai is going to react differently if you try to do something different, it's going to do something different also. So if you're already, like, losing behind on resources or armies or whatever, I mean, you can try to do something different, but you've al- you've already fallen behind.
0: It's really difficult to pinpoint where you went wrong. Right, because it's right. not one mistake. It's not, you know, Dark Souls, I, I, I didn't hit this roll. I didn't roll... Out of the attack, right? I died. Oh, clearly that was the thing. No, this is like, well, I didn't build a warrior here. I forgot to build a granary in this town. I should have expanded here, right? All these things roll into each other. Uh, The one thing that makes it a little less punishing is I feel like this is the one place on our list of a game that you don't have to beat to enjoy to the same extent as a game you would have to beat. Right, Like, if I, I mean, it's a little more, for granted, more fun to win a game of Civilization or Europa Universalis than it is to come close and lose. But still, getting that whole experience can be a very fun and enjoyable process in yeah. and of itself. I
1: remember Alpha Centauri?
0: Yeah, I remember Alpha Centauri. such a cool game. That I mean, was also really good. Yeah. Well, it's, and this is the thing
1: with that game, too, is the first time you <coughs> played through it because they had that story element, which you never see
0: in those kind of games. Never. And it's, it was a great story. Uh, I think the latest game to try it the only game since then maybe is Endless Legend I haven't played that one it's got a story I don't like the 4X component as much Uh it feels a little too civilization-like but it does have a story component to it I loved Alpha Centauri I wish
1: they would I don't want them to remake the game because we know the story now but it would be so cool if they could do another game like that that
0: had that kind of like story discovery so, yeah. actually, it's really cool that you bring that up. I, mean, I didn't think about it before. Uh, is Alpha Centauri more punishing than Civilization when you die? Because you have to kind of start part of the story over and re go through, mm. right? Part of the reason that other story based games don't have such a strict game over component is because going through the same story you just experienced is not fun. Yeah. Right? It wouldn't be fun to just reread if you're reading a book the same half three times before you actually finish the book yeah so it'd be kind of a similar thing
1: i would well so here's my, my first instinct would say that alpha centauri is definitely more punishing for that reason because you have to replay the story however if i remember correctly the cool thing about alpha centauri was that depending on your faction and your choices the story even though it's the same kind of beginning and end the story would play out differently for your civilization like you know, you create, you start engaging the symbiosis with the planet, right? That's kind of what's, either you go to war with the planet or the symbiosis with the planet. And, and I think there may have been one other, well, anyways. Um, so if you were to replay the game as a different faction, you're still like, you're still part of the same narrative. You're just getting a different viewpoint and you're participating with that narrative in a different way. Uh and that's a way of going yeah. about it. That so that's like my only my counterbalance to your question: was it more punishing? I think it is still more punishing though,
0: because you still got to go back through it at some level. Right, but if you add enough randomization to it, you can temper that. Yeah, a little bit. Well, was great is once
1: you went through the story, it didn't matter because you still have a really cool, you know, four X game. You just keep playing. It's it was still. a good
0: four X game, just regardless
1: of its story. Yeah, yeah. So it was a double double win. Okay. Should we move to the next one? Yeah. All right, so now, so this one I, I'm rethinking our position here, but maybe this
0: was the right spot. I'm going to bring this one in. Limited, lives, limited uh, lives. Best example, or limited continues, something like old school Contra. Yep. You have three continues in the game, three lives or so per continue. Once you've lost all your continues, you're done. you got to start over from the very beginning of the game. What well, even like,
1: pick Mario. Super Mario Brothers, very first one.
0: I had limited lives.
1: You can get more lives, sure. Once you run out of lives, that's it. Right. Game over. You got to start from the very beginning.
0: Um, Is there no continue in that? Is it just lives and then you died? Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, that's, I think, pretty punishing. I mean, those games, sure, weren't super long. Probably finishing took yeah. between maybe two hours well, Contra, if you were to go all the way through it. Contra's famous for being. Contra is oh, also really cool. very difficult. In addition to having these yeah. limited continues, and those uh, made it, yeah, made what Contra what it is. Right, there's a, that's why there's a Contra cheat codes so you can <laughs> actually like, beat the game. Up, up up down down left right left right and Yeah, so yeah. there's the Contra code, and then there's the Konami code. Konami code as well, right? I mean. So uh, the Contra code is a little bit different. Yeah. Has some extra things at the end of it. Uh, I think it's is the most punishing because. Unlike what we just talked about with you know, the strategy games, you still get a full experience going through your 10, 20, 30 hours of playing through a campaign of, of Civilization, of Stellaris, of whatever. Yeah. Uh, in this, you just get pissed because you have to beat the same shit all over again yep. that comes out in the exact same order, typically. Sure, yep. you can make ways of changing it. But typically, these games play out the same way. Yep. And it's just... At some point, wrote memorization of levels to beat them. Yeah, and there's usually like a bullet hell component
1: in there as well. There's usually some bullet hells. Yeah, there's the side scrolling. It's, it's maybe some upgrades. Uh, bosses that are designed to eat quarters, that's another thing. A lot of these games <laughs> are also arcade games, and they were designed to eat your quarters. So you run out of continues, and it's like, oh, put more money in the machine.
0: That's um, right. And that's why I, we don't really see those as much anymore, is because arcades aren't prevalent and because it's not a fun mechanic. No. Uh, you know, the games, I think every game on our punishing list when we're talking in this segment has merit and worth, but this is an outdated mechanic at this point. I don't, I, I can't think of an example of a game where I would like to see limited continues mm-hmm. off the top of my head. I'm sure there's something where that would work. Maybe a novel like I bet we'll see like a novel usage of that mechanic.
1: And I bet there is be fun, but yeah, I can't think of anything. Right
0: something now. out there, but I it's gonna be less popular because there's you know, no as meta- we're talking about, it, it's just there's no change. It's repetitive, it gets tedious. Why am I going through something that's tedious? I'm not, I'm done with this game and people don't play it. There's no metagame, there are no dynamically generated levels, everything is exactly
1: the same. And you just get food or you don't, and that's it. So
0: there you go, limited lives. It's just not really a fun mechanic. I I'm, mean, feeling, I'm
1: feeling better about where it's on the list
0: then. Yeah, right. It's, 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 it's quite punishing. It's also, yeah, when we talk about punishing, there's just this extra element of, you know, how much am I unhappy with my life after this game <laughs> over? <laughs> and uh, the answer to how unhappy am I after getting halfway through Contra or three-quarters of the way through Contra and dying is uh, whiskey. <laughs> that's my level of anger <laughs> that'll do it right so uh yeah it's it's something that's just antiquated at this point and doesn't really serve a purpose because the gaming world has changed uh and then the last on the list um this one so we kind of alluded to
1: this earlier uh there's we, we divided this <coughs> into two there's two things here that we kind of lumped into the same group one was born out of the quick save quick load uh world and the other was born out of the strategy world right in either case, you've got an option to quickly reset your character if something bad happens. The first thing that comes to mind for me is Diablo, and Diablo's
0: hardcore mode, which is the,
1: you die, everything's
0: gone. Right, you lose literally everything yeah. when you die in Diablo. There is no
1: recovering of your account, recovering of your character, recovering of your gear. You die, game over,
0: period. Yeah, in my personal experience, that's how it works, because when I was playing uh, Diablo <laughs> three hardcore... I died thanks to Blizzard's uh, poor server performance. Knocked me off while I still had internet and was able to get online, but couldn't access the Blizzard servers. so when my character was uh, neck deep in a bunch of whatever-the-hell demons, uh, he died, and that was that. And then I've never played Diablo since then, and I'm probably <laughs> never going to play Diablo again, <laughs> because I, I personally don't enjoy the soft core element of Diablo. It just is grinding. I mean, the game is literally a grind right. to get better stuff, There's not really a heavy skill component because you win at some point, right? It's just bash your head against the wall until you win and get better gear. And I don't find accruing virtual things enjoyable anymore unless I'm doing something to earn it. Okay. Right. As
1: opposed to just investing time.
0: As opposed to investing time. I don't feel just putting in time uh, should be rewarded with glittering prizes. Okay. well, that's why I love Dark Souls so much. So, yeah, I mean, this is <laughs> the big reason yeah, why I, I like Dark Souls. You get rewarded for, for playing well. Uh, so, so, yeah, why hardcore is fun. You If you die, if you mess up at some point, because you know when you're playing Diablo hardcore, it's still going to be pretty easy. I mean, I made it very far into the game, mm-hmm. uh, was in the top 100 for the leaderboards for the season, and was kind of ranking my way up. It ranks you based on how fast you beat these greater rifts in the game, these randomized dungeons. Uh, and I had a few kind of close calls, but the game gives you basically kind of a, a second life of sorts, so you have a passive that you can apply, and if you die, you actually become invincible for a few seconds, and then that passive resets after two minutes or something. Uh, so, if, so if you die in like quick, quick succession, then you'll permanently die, mm-hmm. but you kind of have a quick get-out-of-jail-free card, so if, as long as you're not encased in enemies, you can usually get your way out, because everyone has some sort of movement ability. Uh, So, Hmm. I find it very fair, as long as you don't involve servers, but the problem with these is, yeah, you have online connections, those are going to be broken one way or the other, and you end up in shitty situations like that. Path of Exile kind of changes it up a little bit, that Hmm. if your hardcore character dies, uh, it just becomes a soft core character, which to me is the same point because then they're going to play a soft core character again. Uh, but, but it's it, it, at least a different way of solving the problem. I guess, but I mean, then, then why play hardcore
1: in the first place?
0: Yeah, right. There's, I mean, there's some there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, so the hardcore, I mean, there's there's also <coughs> an appeal there because it adds back that tension. It's right. the and that's what we're talking about. Here, uh, tension. Yeah,
1: tension. I can't. You know, if I'm playing, say, Baldur's Gate, and I had a it's a, a hardcore mode. When I die, that's it. That's game. That that changes the way I approach every situation. And so that's that's how that's cool, the one cool thing about the hardcore mode is, the punishment and the price of dying is is real and extreme, and therefore you approach every situation with far more care and strategy. Like, if I know if I'm going to respawn or just I can reload or whatever, at a certain point when my characters get powerful enough, I just get a little cavalier with the whole thing. I'd stop even bothering with thinking about strategy at all. I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. I'm going to roll in there and just wipe everything out. I don't really care. Worst case, I'll reload. So when there's a hardcore mode and there's a real punishment involved that forces me, and I imagine that forces
0: anybody else, to really think about their approach to that moment. Hmm. Which is which is good, I think. Which is cool. It changes the game completely. Yeah. When you always have to focus on what's going on. I think if you in my opinion of games, uh, and the way I judge them and approach them, if I'm just going through the motions and I'm on autoplay, why am I playing this game? Yeah. Right? I, I want to devote my attention to something. If it's worth my time, it's worth my attention. Yeah. And these Diablo clones—they're super popular. And I understand people like to be guaranteed rewards for their time, I and mean, that's why these games are so popular. Is yeah. you're, you get something if you put in the time, for sure, right? As opposed to uh, like you know other multiplayer games, RTSs, fighting games, whatever—you don't. You're not guaranteed anything. Yeah. Uh, and that's. Kind of the appeal of hardcore games, and similar to that is Iron Man mode. Yeah, that's the other portion of this.
1: We put these both on the same level, and uh, do you want to explain what Iron Man mode is?
0: Yeah, so Iron Man mode is common in strategy games like like Coughing Fits (laughs) 2018, Uh, like XCOM 2 uh, or XCOM 1, uh, survival games such as The Long Dark and other strategy games such as Paradox games like Europa Universalis. Uh, In Iron Man mode, you get one save. So It's kind of similar to Hardcore mode. Uh, If you ever get to the point where you've lost, you cannot reload. Uh, If you've ever got to the point where you become weak, you cannot reload. Mm -hmm. You just have to truck on until you've either lost the game, won the game, or decide I'm abandoning this save. So I have a question for you. On
1: some of these games, how how possible is it to stage a comeback? Like,
0: if you fall way behind, is it possible to turn the game around? Uh, It depends on the genre. So, let me... I'll go through the three games that I mentioned because they're all different. XCOM 2, uh, if you have a crippling loss where you lose your six best guys in one mission Mm -hmm. uh, and you're far into the game, it's pretty unlikely to stage a comeback unless you've been really good about rotating through soldiers But even then, you're going to find it very difficult, uh, especially on the higher levels of difficulty if you get to, uh, like, Legendary in the game. Okay. Uh, But it makes the game very tense, and I feel like it's the best way to play the game. I I feel like it's more enjoyable to play a lower level of difficulty, but on on Iron Man, than play on a higher level of difficulty and not Iron Man. Gotcha. Uh, I would say, XCOM 2, if you play it, play once without Iron Man, because. Going through, you need to just understand the abilities. You're not going to understand them at first. Yeah. Uh, and that's it can be kind of unfair feeling. But once you do know what you're up against, it's very rewarding. Uh, something like Europa Universalis, you have a much better time of staging a comeback. Uh, the way that diplomacy works in the game, for instance, allows you to kind of manipulate things that even if you've lost a few big battles, mm-hmm. you can still get to the point where you can really still grow your empire and end up being a dominant force by the end of the game. Okay. Uh, but one of the interesting things about Europa Universalis is there's no actual winning in the game, technically. You can't win. Uh, there's no win state. There's, oh, really? So there's no fail state. There's no. Uh, there's a fail state. I guess you get eliminated. But there's no win state. Typically, when I play the game, I just play to accomplish achievements. So I might even if you take out eliminate all the other players. Yeah, it doesn't give you a game. You you still are managing an empire. Still, you you can still have. In fact, when I did my world conquest, uh, I had massive rebellions right afterward. Immediately. Yeah, uh, just the way I was playing the game, I was pushing it for a much faster conclusion than I should have. But it it resulted in me having massive rebellions. I got the achievements. I didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolutely amazing. The Long Dark is a little bit different. Uh, You sort of just slowly decline into doom in survival games, or you don't. And you're just sort of, I don't know, like a, a little graph, right? As, as it keeps going down, you're, you're slowly getting bad, but you can always find a cache of, of goodies, and maybe you find something that gives you more food, or you find a hunting spot or a new weapon, something that kind of gets you back in the game. Right. Uh, and those, uh, the long, dark survival games kind of have a more linear experience typically uh, be, because of that. Uh, other survival games, like Don't Starve, though, mm-hmm. uh, you have to kind of build something. And So if you haven't built the right manufacturing assembly lines to generate enough food for you to survive winter and all these things, you're just going to end up in a situation where you've lost and you kind of have to go back. I think something like the long dark is a more believable and interesting survival mechanic than something like don't starve Mm -hmm. because you're constantly trying to survive at every moment. Every little thing matters as much as what you did uh, 10 hours ago. But in don't starve, what matters more is sort of what you did 10 hours ago. And so you kind of do an interesting thing now and you see an interesting thing later and in between there's a lot of not interesting things. People would argue that, but uh, I think that the pacing is such that there's just too many pronounced big points in the gameplay that makes it less fun to make it a survival game. Right. Uh, So those are sort of all the different ways of doing it. And in general, I feel Iron Man is amazing once you've gotten to the point that you understand the underlying mechanics of something that you shouldn't make mistakes, but it's totally reasonable to make mistakes, and you're going to make mistakes, and you can get through without having a perfect game. It's sort of a question you ask is, can you make a comeback? I think being able to make a comeback is integral to having a good Iron Man mode. Absolutely, yeah. Because otherwise, you know,
1: it's kind of a... An exercise of nihilism, almost. You're just like, at a certain point, like, what's the point in continuing to play? So you need, you need that extra, you need, you need the the carrot at least, or the illusion of a carrot that I could potentially come back.
0: Um, Yeah, right. So, and and I, there you go. I love Iron Man mode. (laughs) All right. I'm trying to express it in a more objective way, but I think it's just a fascinating mode for the games.
1: Do you have anything else about that specific topic?
0: No, just, yeah, it's it's obviously clearly punishing Iron Man mode, hardcore mode, essentially come down to the same thing of you can eventually just lose all of your progress that you spent 40 hours, or however many hours into, and that's a hard... Hard loss.
1: So this is going to be the first time I think I've done this because I feel like we've hit a topic that we could probably get feedback back feedback back from. Uh, <laughs> back, back, back. Something like Back-tubed. that. Back-cubed. From the people who uh, might or might not be listening to our podcast. So in this case, uh, I'm curious. If you agree with our list, if you think we put things in the wrong order, you think we left something out, uh, if there's something you have to add to the conversation, shoot us an email at nosickdayspodcast at gmail.com. And we
0: will read it and then talk about it uh, potentially next time. Right. And I think I do want to reiterate yeah. the big point of tension in these and yeah. how tension is integral to you know Dark Souls, Iron Man mode, yeah. uh, these strategy games. Uh, if you really like tension, you're going to gravitate towards those. If you like more relaxing experiences, I think you're going to go to the earlier ones we talked about last segment. But if you feel differently, it would be an interesting thing because... I would like to see an argument against that. Well, you reminded me. Of, you know, the last thing I'll add into this conversation,
1: you reminded me of when I was a kid playing Quake or Quake Two, I think, and you learned, you know, Tildy slash No Clip, yeah, <laughs> like right? Or Half Life, you know, No Clip through the level. Um, it, it removed all. Like at first, it's fun. It's like, oh, cool! I can be invincible and move through walls and just see the whole level and play the game and just skip everything that's hard. Um, and that gets so boring so quick, and the reason why is it's taken away all the tension. It's taken away any consequence. So now, and that's what those games are predicated on. That's what you, that's what those games require. And so many games require some. If if you're not playing it for the pure relaxation purpose, if you're playing it for some sort of engaging aspect, you need that tension. So yeah. So if you have any uh, comments or disagreements uh, or just general life advice. <laughs> Shoot it on over. NoSickDaysPodcast at gmail.com. I,
0: and guess, I guess that wraps it up. That'll that wrap it. it up. Visit our website, NoSickDaysPodcast.com. We, we got a website, everything. Follow us on any social media that you'll see on the website.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess that brings us to the end of the
0: podcast. We'll so. say our names. Oh, shit. I'm Chris. I'm John. And this is no sick days. <laughs> A gaming podcast cast of pods.
1: Podcast. Jesus Christ, fuck that whole thing up. Let's try it one more time. All right.
0: I'm John. I'm Chris. That's the end of our podcast.